too late. The dresses were rustling now in the very passage. There was a pause, evidently before his inner door. A few faint and smothered laughs, some little feminine coughs. Then, two taps. Flushington stood still for a moment, feeling like a caged animal. He had thoughts, even then, of concealment. Was there time to get under the sofa? No, it would be too dreadful if the visitors, whoever they were, were to discover him in so unusual a situation. So he ran back to his chair and sat down, before crying, Come in, in a faint voice. He did wish he had been reading anything but the work of Monsieur Zola, which was propped up in front of him, but there was no time to put it away. Your mild man often has a taste for seeing the less reputable side of life in a safe and second-hand way, and Flushington would toil manfully through the most realistic descriptions without turning a hair. Now and then he looked out a word in the dictionary, and when it was not found there, and it generally wasn't, he had a sense almost of injury. But there was a strong fascination in him in experiencing the sensation of a kind of intellectual orgy, for he knew enough of the language to be aware that the incidents frequently bordered on the improper, even when it was not exactly clear in what the impropriety consisted. As he said, Come in, the door opened, and his heart seemed to stop, and all the blood in it rushed violently up to his head as a large lady came sweeping in, her face rippling with a broad smile of affection. She horrified Flushington who knew nobody with the smallest claim to smile at him so expansively as that, and he drank lemonade to conceal his confusion. You don't know me, my dear Frank, she said easily. Well, of course you don't. How should you? Well, I'm... For goodness sake, my dear boy, don't look so dreadfully frightened. I don't want to eat you. I'm your aunt, your Aunt Amelia. You know me now. From Australia, you know. This was a severe shock to Flushington, who had not even known he possessed such a relative anywhere. All he could say just then was, Oh, are you? Which he felt at the time was not quite the welcome to give an aunt who had come all the way from the Antipodes. Yes, that I am, she said cheerily. But that's not all. I've another surprise for you. The dear girls would insist upon coming up too to see their grand college cousin. They're just outside. I'll call them in, shall I? And in another second, Flushington's small room was overrun by a horde of female relatives, while he could only look on and gasp. They were pretty girls too, most of them, but that only frightened him more. He did not mind plain women half so much. Some of them looked bright and clever as well, and a combination of beauty and intellect always reduced him to a condition of hopeless imbecility. He had never forgotten one occasion on which he had been captured and introduced to a charming young lady from Newnham, and all he could do was back feebly into a corner, murmuring, Thank you, repeatedly. He showed himself to scarcely more advantage now, as his aunt proceeded to single out one girl after another. We needn't have any formal nonsense between cousins, she said. You know all their names already, I dare say. This is Millie, and that's Jane, and here's Flora, and Kitty, and Margaret, and this is my little Thomasina, keeping close to Mamma as usual. 
Poor Flushington ducked blindly in the various directions at the mention of each name, and then collectively to all. He had not sufficient presence of mind to offer them chairs or cake or anything, and besides, there was not nearly enough for that multitude. Meanwhile, his aunt had spread herself comfortably out in his only armchair and was untying her bonnet strings while she beamed at him until he was ready to expire with embarrassment. I do think, Frankie dear, she observed at last, that when an old auntie all the way from Australia takes the trouble to come and see you like this, the least, the very least you could do would be to give her one little kiss. She seemed so hurt by the omission that Flushington dared not refuse. He staggered up and kissed her somewhere upon her face, after which he did not know which way to look. So terribly afraid was he that the same ceremony might have to be gone through with all the cousins, and he could not have survived that.